0: Welcome,
1: boys and girls, uh, back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Uh, I know that, that you guys are, are familiar with Jordy's voice, but he was stung to death by wasps, and he is no longer with us. Just kidding, Jordy's here too. Well, boys are back on the mics to talk about another week of lacrosse. Jordy, how are you feeling?
0: I gotta be honest, I've had many a family members who have been killed by wasps before, so <laughs> that's um I'm a little offended that you would joke about something like that. But welcome back. It's uh it's Friday, March 12th, and I'll tell you what. Those wasps may have killed my family members. Mm-hmm. The Duke Blue Devils, Jake. The Duke oh, no. Blue Devils, they just got done murdering the High Point Panthers. Uh what a statement win for Duke kind of slingshotting us into this weekend here. Um, I mean, I, I feel great about it. So, uh, you know, how, how are you feeling this week?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm feeling fine. Um, I, I, I think, I think you're exaggerating the Duke win a little bit. So, and you've never, you've never been one to exaggerate, which is the funny thing. So like you're, you're not a, you're not into hyperbole or sarcasm or anything like that. You're just a straight shooter. So no, I, 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 I fear that people
0: may be confused. I'm 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 not a businessman. I'm a businessman, and I'm in the business of correct takes all the time. Um, real quick, we're we're gonna get right into that game just because it was a bloodbath uh, to say the least. But uh, coming up a little bit later on the show, we were uh, we were able to get Kenzie Kent, former. BC women's lacrosse player, former BC hockey player. She's played in, I think, three national championships between the two sports. She's won an ACC athlete of the year. So, uh, great interview coming up with Kenzie Kent a little bit later in the episode. But for now, yeah, I mean, for now it's time for a eulogy for the High Point Panthers. Um, listen, this is a this is a team, Jake. I, I I think I said this last week where I was starting to get real oh sick and tired of High Point. So, like I. I was already a little angry because they kept doing that thing. They did it against UNC and they did it against Virginia where they get shelled. And then UNC Virginia, they kind of let their foot off the gas a little bit high point comes rolling back and it, and you know, Hey, credit to them. They took both of those games to the wire, at least one of the games against UNC and the game against uh, Virginia really came down to the wire. But now that the, the film is out on them, right? And it's, hey, you're going to be able to get off to a hot start against High Point for some reason. They they don't get out of the gates quickly. But once you get out to that hot start, you have to keep your foot on the gas. Well, guess what? The gas pedal was on their throats, and Duke was just jammed down. They, they were lead footing the gas pedal the entire game, 27-8 to eight final. And I think right now this is, for me – this was a game where I realized, okay, I no longer have to care about high point.
1: You're so full of it. You are. You go one week. You're like, I'm all in on the high point wagon. They're gonna, they're gonna win the SoCon. They should be in oh, the no, ACC. No, no, no. They,
0: they will win the SoCon. The SoCon. I st- know they're gonna.
1: I know they're gonna win the SoCon. You know, they're st- gonna. They, this is. They're, they're gonna make the tournament. They can make a splash in the tournament. Whatever. You're always on that. And then you know they played four tough games in a row, and then you know let's let's be honest they had three they played three goalies and none of them had a higher high had a save percentage above 20 percent so they the, either the goalies had some sort of you know they they had some sort of meeting before the game and they said listen we're all going to get food poisoning or like hey none of us are going to wear our contact lenses or something because they just they did not see the ball the whole game i'm not talking like I mean, Duke had like twelve or thirteen different players score. Like they, the the high point goalies, it's not even just high point goalie, right? It's every one of them that played could not see the ball. And I think you know, I, I think that the argument here that high point is dead is is a moot point. I don't. You, it's 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 you can't. I don't think you can argue that high point is dead when they played probably the top three three out of the top four teams in the past four weeks, you know, there's gotta be some, some fatigue there too.
0: Okay. But like, I, I know for a fact, I I don't listen to the show because I feel like you probably don't listen to the show. It, it's tough. Like listening back and hearing your own voice. Plus it's like, you've already had the conversation. No need to listen back. But if I need to, if I need to hire an intern to go back and listen, I can guarantee the one thing that I've never said is that high point has a strong defense. And so like, no, we've, we've
1: never said that.
0: Right. Okay. So, so we know that their defense is suspect at best. And like it, the, the same things that kept happening where their defense gets exposed, but then the opposing offense takes their foot off the gas. Like, th- like I, I could not be more proud of that Duke offense for what we saw on t- Wednesday night. Um, so you're listening to this on Friday. So yeah. So two nights ago, um, where they just kept the foot on, on the gas pedal and, and there was no give up at all. Um, so again, like if, if we need to listen back to all of it, I will, I'm, I'm, sure, that, I'm sure at some point I've had to take out there being like, Hey, high point they're close. They're almost there. This, this was one of those ones though, where it's like, Hey, like you, you, th- like you, you got to that checkpoint, to where like you're, you're a program now where teams are like, yeah, like, you know, high point could give them a run, but then you see the gap between getting to that point and actually being a Duke is you still have like miles and miles to go. Like, and, and I don't think that anyone went into the season being like, Hey, high point is, is just as deep and as talented as Duke. Um, but I think what that game showed and what it exposed is just, there's plenty of parity in college across but there's also just such a massive gap between the top five, six teams in the nation and everybody else.
1: Well, that's a fair point. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's less, to me it's less about what how High Point played more about how Duke played. Duke, you know, uh, Duke got out of February and they're rolling into March and, you know, they're looking in May form already, which is just kind of terrifying. Um, you know, they did okay at the face-off X. Uh, not, nothing too crazy, but, you know, I mean, Brennan O'Neill coming out party kind of there, you know, five, I think he had six points, uh, Sowers had six. Um, I mean, they were just, they were out there, the boys were out there having fun. You could tell. And I mean, they just kind of piled it on. I think it's really more telling of Duke than it is of high point, uh, you know the and and kudos to the high point for actually buying the tough schedule and scheduling the tough guys you know like that's that's one thing that's going to get you over the hump eventually um but like i just you know when but, in but, the past but, 15 you know go ahead
0: strength of schedule though like I, I i get the strength of schedule argument uh-huh but like you you got to if if you're going to load up your schedule that heavy you got to get the bar off the rack Right, like, like I, I I can show up to the gym today and I'll I'll load up the squat rack with like four oh five and get under it. Guess what's gonna happen? Both my knees are gonna snap. I'm gonna have to call up my doctor. Be like, hey, I'm gonna buy you a, another summer house. Like you're back in business, baby. Because I loaded up this bar with way too much weight that I can't do. Got under it and got exposed. So like, the strength of schedule argument is. Is perfectly it's not an well- argument.
1: It's, it's that nobody's it's, no, nobody's nobody's arguing it. It's that it's the simple, it's the fact that that high point well, is out there clear, trying to get better.
0: It's clearly an argument if they're still a top twenty team, and they'll be out of it this like after yeah, no, this they, week. They got to be out but, of it now, yeah. But like they were still a top twenty team at the time, at one and three because but do of we their really? Schedule.
1: Do we really take into account like the like? Dude, I don't even. I don't even care about the rankings. Neither, I mean, I honestly, I honestly don't care about. The, I don't care about them in college football, right? Because they don't fucking make any sense. You know, but the, do you the know subjective why you nature.
0: Do you want to know why you don't care about the rankings in college football? Because we already why? know that that there are like a handful of teams.
1: Yes, exactly. That,
0: ma- that there are a handful of teams that matter. Exactly. Yep. And the rest of the, like a- every other program in college football, like they are you're, you're chasing Alabama, you're chasing Clemson, you're chasing Ohio state. And like, you can have a couple good games, but at the end of the day, do we really have to waste time being invested in a pro? Like, let's say like Texas A&M, like e- even them, like they're like knocking on the door. Like, I, I think that they were like a, a top, Think they ended up with like the fifth or sixth spot. Do we really have to care about them though? Are they really going to be like in that conversation? No. And so that that's just where I'm at with High Point, where I think it's it was a nice like sigh of relief for me to be like, okay, I can like these guys. They have sweet uniforms. They have like like I like Coach Torpy. He seems like a good guy. I like Asher Nolting. But do I really have to care? Like, oh, high points on TV right now. Like, I have to watch this game? No. And so that was a sigh of relief for me. That's. And, oh, I'm glad
1: that it was that it, it. I'm glad that it. You're so relieved.
0: Yeah. I'm so, glad because I'm right.
1: I, it's not that it, you're not you're not wrong, but you're not right. You know, so the, you're kind of just the perfect take. You know, it's it's neither wrong nor right. So. I mean, I still think we have to care about High Point in, in some sense because they're one of the programs like Richmond, who's you know on the on like at the, you know nearing the tipping point, right? You know it, where they can you know make a splash eventually. So um, for you know, it, it just it, that game did not go High Point's way at all, especially when I mean, what did they put up in the first half? I think seventeen in the fir- thirteen in the first half, Duke. Uh, I was something. I it, was it was between. It was like
0: it was like sixteen to three, somewhere around. <laughs> that's somewhere around there. Like just a, that's just wild. Uh, it's it's wild
1: and it's unfair. Um, but I mean, yeah, you're just you're not. Know, that's not fun. It's not fun for anybody. Um, speaking of not fun, well, no, it wasn't great. It was, well, not fun. Uh, Maryland absolutely just crushed Hopkins. That wasn't, uh, you know, we we kind of expected that. Um, I mean, Logan Logan Wisnowskis had a a really good game. There's not really too much to say about the rivalry. You know, it it hasn't really been much of, uh, like, a game, as in, like, Syracuse and Virginia the past, you know, few years. I think um, Hopkins is – there's a lot to be desired when it comes to Hopkins, but the new coaching stuff is – you know, the new coaching staff is promising. Um, Maryland, though, just looks really good. They're just a solid team all around, like they do every fucking year. Now. Vermont, the Vermont Syracuse game. I'm all in on the cats. Yeah. I think uh, the the cats by 90, I, I, that that team can play. Okay.
0: So, so I, like, I would probably like the cats are, are again, like one of those teams that you have them on your schedule as a, as a top 10 team, you know, or even like a top five team. And you know, some of the guys, like you might fall into that trap where like, it's like, all right, like, you know we're we're playing a sketch we got virginia we got unc we got uh notre dame and then you see like the vermont on your schedule classic trap game and then turns out like they've just got guys who can go crazy at the face-off X and, and guys who can just let it rip from 15. Um, so Vermont is like one of those teams where they're going to give you fits if you have them on your schedule and, and high point is, is still there. Yeah, sure. Like not for Duke, but like, they are a team that will give teams like top 10 teams fits. So like, I, I just feel bad for, I don't know if I feel bad. Cause like this, it's still like a really good spot for them to be in. Um, but it's just like they're one of those teams where like the the top five teams like you need games like that to kind of really set yourself up for a spot to go on a run into April and into May like you need to have like a tough like Syracuse on paper should have did what they did to Virginia against Vermont like it should have just been like a full blown boat race, but they have to like grind out those wins against like a gritty team like Vermont who can just keep clawing away at you. And you're like, fuck, like go away already. Um, So yeah, like Vermont hype. Like it's a shame that they're, I, I just feel like they're kind of, they kind of have to get eaten a little bit in order to fuel those top teams to dominance.
1: Yeah, I think you're taking the perspective of the top team here. I, mean, I, think, I think you're looking at it from Jericho's perspective. I think Vermont is a team that can play. All right? They've added a lot of talent. You know, Thomas Burke, you know, Tommy Burke, just absolutely. He made Jake Fopp and Danny Varello look like idiots all game. And I say that with full love out of Jake, Jake Fopp. I know he'd hold his arm up and be like, I'm the worst player on earth. But well,
0: I heard uh, I heard that Tommy Bert sent a uh, a spy into the Syracuse locker room and got rid of Jake Fop's water bottle, so he had to go out there and take dry, some dry mouth, mouth face offs. So yeah, you hate definitely to definitely see see affect his play a little bit. You hate
1: to see it. Oh, I mean, I, I you know that was an exciting game. It's one of the more exciting games that I've seen uh, so far this season. I mean, yes, on paper Syracuse. I mean, they should be three and oh, right. You know, with Chase Scanlan, Lucas Quinn, and Owen Holtz and Stephen Rafus. But on the other hand, like you know. Vermont played a tough game. And yeah, you're right. It is a trap game. Right. And and maybe Vermont is one of those programs that, you know, they've added a lot of talent and, you know, they've they've got some kids who can play. Um, but they're they're just looking for you know, they're looking for their their Chase Scaling, they're looking for their Stephen Rafus, some other guys who can kind of take charge. You know, there was a lot of silly mistakes that were made in the game. But I mean, exciting game and one of the better ones that I've watched. But I mean, I'm I'm a Cats fan now for sure
0: yeah i i think you know this kind of goes like like you're watching like a superhero movie like what side do you do you root for like i i find myself often thinking like thinking through the villain's perspective of it um and and you're there thinking of the the scrappy underdog hero and you know what definitely At, at the end of the day like if if this was a movie like the final scene of the movie is, you know, Vermont winning the big game. And then you have the nice little montage saying like what everyone's up to in their life, like 30 years from now. Um, But in, in real life, like, yeah, like Syracuse comes out on top of that game. Um, But again, I'm, I'm with you there though. I big fan of Vermont, especially again, I, I like the teams that are scrappy, like, like a high point, like for my like where they're scrappy they're fun to watch except for when they're playing against duke and they also look sick like i think like the uh the virginia uniform combo very very clean so um oh moving back over into the uh into the big 10 real quick because this was a game that we labeled as a must win for penn state uh so if if they would have if they would have went 0-3 0-3 oh, straight out of the gate in the Big Ten. That was going to be it for the Nittany Lions, at least uh, as far as we were concerned. But they come out, they play against Ohio State, and they finally get on the board with their first win of the year. Um, now, are, are we are we worried about Ohio State at all, or do we think like this is just the way – Like it's, it's Maryland and Rutgers who we'll see this weekend, which will be great. Um, Maryland and Rutgers clearly at the top of the Big Ten, and then – just, you know, having Ohio State and Penn State just right there in that second tier, and it's, like, kind of could go either way. I mean, we're – Because I would imagine – I don't know, maybe – definitely get two bids out of the big t- – yeah. so So, we're going to have the tournament winner. We're going to have whoever loses. I I feel like we could probably potentially see the the third, either Ohio State or Penn State get that third bid, depending on how the rest of the season goes.
1: I mean, you. I mean, we're going to have to see way more from Penn state. Right. But Ohio state, I mean, yeah, maybe the first two games, three, maybe, the, maybe Ohio state's first two games might've been a fluke. You know, you know, you never know, but uh, I mean, Penn state kind of zips some things up and, and I mean, TJ Malone is still, you know, kind of quarterbacking on offense. Maybe he kind of, as we said last week or the week before, they, they really need somebody who can step up and be, you know, like the quarterback. And, I mean, with, with five, you know, he had seven points. So, I mean, he's really doing uh, doing the quarterback's jobs. I, I don't know. Yeah, it was a must-win for Penn State. Uh, kind of a, a huge morale booster, I'm sure. Kind of a – definitely kind of soothed some uh, some worries, I'm sure. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah. What do you think? So, well, you, you say that we need to see a lot more out of Penn State. Totally agree with that. I think uh, – so coming up on their schedule, I think they have Hopkins coming up twice in a pretty short amount of time. And I think, like, that's that's a game to really test, like, okay, like, did, did they just have, like, a real rough go out of the gate because they had to play against Rutgers and Maryland? Or, like, are they actually – kind of in that middle tier now of the big Ten. Like if they can come out and beat Hopkins the way that they probably should beat Hopkins, then Mm. it's like, okay, like then, then I feel pretty confident that the big 10 can be a three bid team and it'll just be a battle back and forth between Ohio state and Penn state for who gets that. Um, now if, if they go and and they drop, I mean, I, I would say even if they drop one of these games against Hopkins, then it's like, okay, like, but between the losses to cause they'll still have to play Maryland and Rutgers again. I can't imagine that that'll go much better for them, especially the way that these two teams have, have looked so far. Um, so I don't know. I, I wouldn't call this Hopkins game coming up for them this weekend, a must win the same way that I said that the Ohio state game was, but it's like, you really, really should win this for Penn state. And that, that just goes to your point where we, we still need to see more out of them. Um, But hopefully in in these next couple of weeks, like we'll kind of see the big 10 shape up and kind of just position teams into some pretty clear tiers.
1: Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of tough. I mean, again, you know, we're we're saying a lot for having seen three games. So, you know, as the season is progressing, we'll see how Penn state um, ties things together. You're right. It's not necessarily a must win but in my mind to keep the momentum going and keeping the morale up at Penn State cuz morale the morale is huge for a team right you know you can see how a team who you, who you know like Vermont plays Albany this weekend i am i i will be watching that game because the morale from playing Syracuse so close is going to carry into that into the next week and they're going to come out firing right so for morale penn state has to win the, the hopkins game um you know for maybe you know strategically for the Big 10 and how things work out toward down the road maybe not um but again like it, it's a huge game for Hopkins too because they need a morale booster you know after getting just absolutely hosed by Maryland um and the shitty part about the Maryland game was that they played they were they were tied at half and i was like oh shit Hopkins is playing Maryland close and then they scored like nine in a row and i was like Oh fuck me but you know so again point there is that you know penn, the penn state and hopkins game penn state needs that one for morale hopkins needs that one for the big 10 actually they both need it for morale but it's less so important for penn state i think
0: um, yeah um speaking of go morale, i'm not all day,
1: I'm,
0: I'm, 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 not even, all day. Yeah. I'm not even gonna pretend like i i watch this game but big morale boost for the bonnies out of st bonaventure they get their uh, i believe that was their first win in program history that's right so, so i mean Like actually
1: that's not that's not true. It's their first win because they had a program back in the seventies for for about five years. So they got some dubs back then, but it's their first win since then. If you want to if I'm I'm a technical person. So technically it's not the first win, but it is a huge win for them. Just saying. Who they beat? They beat Quinnipiac,
0: right? Yeah. So and and not not even like a like a game that came down to the wire, so that's a that's a thirteen to six final for the Bonnies. So nice little statement win for the uh, first win in fifty, you know, forty to fifty years, technically yeah, speaking. Technically um, speaking, tell you what, man, I, I imagine being a guy who played on one of those St. Bonnie's teams like in the seventies, like you're you're probably what at this point, like. In, in your in your sixties maybe somewhere close to your seventies
1: i thought i read that the st. Bonaventure coach was on that team and that's why it was a huge win.
0: Wow hang on he he had to have been buzzing after that one. That's
1: what I'm saying, right? Like I think that, that was that was the point. Um I will I will go and, and and look that up and tell you after but I think that's why it was like or maybe they talked to somebody you know, they got a hold of some of the members of that team and were like, yeah, this is crazy. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, that's that's a huge one. Did you watch any of North Carolina and Mercer? I
0: I, I didn't. Um, I, I knew how it was gonna go. We I, all I knew, did. We I, all did. we all did. I, I, I knew that it, it you know I just couldn't bring myself to what you know, Flyers are playing on Saturdays and it's you know, I only have so many screens to watch. So, unfortunately, I didn't throw that one on. But, um, yeah, I mean, the the Mercer gang, again, hey, sh- sh- strength is schedule. I mean, they have they have Duke and UNC there. So, I mean, that, they, they can be an honorary ACC member. Um, it was one of those
1: things where every goal that Mercer scored was insane and UNC just kind of hosed them. And then I'll go back and correct myself. I did look it up. Uh, the bonnies they had a program in the uh the late 80s uh, from 89 to 89 to 93 and then apparently they have a huge alumni program and you know one of the one of the former players said that they've been waiting 27 years for this so huge huge win for the bonnies um i mean i, I don't and i don't think i ever foresaw us talking about St. Bonaventure on, on the pod, but good for them. That's That's fucking crushed. The the color scheme of their jerseys is pretty nice. I think you said you might've had a kid you coached that went there. So good for them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Um, I don't know if I'm necessarily crazy about that color combination. I'm, I'm not a big brown guy. Um,
1: I mean, it's like brown and white, right? Like, what, you can't yeah. go wrong.
0: Although, I, I did, another team who has a similar color scheme, Lehigh, um, who they also got a, a big win against Loyola. But I, I saw you – were you trying to scheme a, uh, a, a helmet off the Lehigh team?
1: Yes, actually. And uh, I, a girl who follows me on Twitter – um, on my personal account, she plays for the women's team, so she's going to see if she can try to find me a bucket. Kind of
0: sneak into the equipment room and
1: Something like that. Those, the those they might have been they were burns, and I can wear a burn, but that all gold was just I can't. I mean, I I must have one. I I I, must. I,
0: I saw that you were also trying to finagle a a high point helmet. Now I, I know with the Cascade S that that they're wearing that might not fit on your head. So, actually the so, s is
1: the only one that fits that i oh, know of that's the one i'm comfortable with i just i, I want to start adorning my office with just helmets of random teams um i think that that would be nice like all right, well, you so know all, if, those, if you're, all those
0: if you're people. if you're an equipment manager right now um you know just dm jake he'll uh, send you his address uh I, I know please don't kill me i i know that towson's usually a, a friend of the program i can't imagine that we're that friendly with them anymore after we've had to uh, say some not so nice things about Towson. But yeah, let's, uh, let, let's, let's make that the goal of the season by the time that Memorial day weekend rolls around that Jake has at least a few buckets in his office. Uh, I, I know that this is great radio because we're talking about the way that Jake's office looks like, and no one you just listening yep. right now has no idea what it looks like. Um, but you know, just you, you you've all listened to Jake long enough to know to, to have an idea in your head, what it looks like. Uh, yeah, just but yeah, imagine. So, you know, a, a, pretty, a pretty eventful week of college across where things kind of stayed the same, though. Like, I, I think the results that we were expecting were had. Um, just, you know, the, the way that we – like, we were expecting Duke to beat High Point. I don't know if we were expecting that much of a beatdown. We were expecting Syracuse to beat Vermont don't know if we were expecting it for it to be that much of a battle. Um, so, you know, pretty, I I don't know. I I feel like weeks like that kind of make the job easier for us. And that's, that's all that really matters because, you know, we can say, Hey, we were right about the way that that, you know, the result came in, but Mm -hmm. it was still exciting to watch. Um, now, before we kick things over to our interview with Kenzie Kent, I uh, do want to mention, so we're recording this on Thursday morning, so this is before the PLL expansion draft happens. So there's the expansion draft, the entry draft, the college draft. We, we've we said this plenty of times so far, way too many drafts to keep uh, track of. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, I wasn't going to bother doing a mock draft for this just because – I'm, I'm not a mock draft guy in general. Like, you know, if, if we're talking like NFL draft or NHL draft, like I'm never like a guy who's like going to like sit down and be like, here's what all 30 teams are going to do. Um, you know, I just have like my guys that I like Um, Jay and any thoughts on the expansion draft? Um, you know, I, I know a guy like Brody Merrill is, is out. I think like Brody would be a good kind of guy to bring into that defense right off the bat, just for like, in terms of like leadership. For, for a quote-unquote new team, um, Joe Walter. Like, a, a lot of the, like, older guys who are experienced are available who I think would be good for at least establishing, like, a locker room right off the bat. But I maybe they might
1: draft one face-off guy. Maybe. I think I would have my eyes set on one of the entry draft guys um that there's just a very steep drop off between the top face-up guys and the pll and everybody else that's not to say that these guys can't play but like there's i mean but outside of Nardella and baptiste and and some other guys like it's it's a pretty significant drop off so um i think that you pick up lyle and you pick up yes a locker room guy like a like an like a, an older fella and then you kind of just kind of just play around, right? Kind of maybe pick and choose from a couple of different teams. There's a lot of unprotected players that you could choose from. You can build a team around. You know, I, would, I would
0: imagine Drenner would probably be. Drenner is,
1: yeah. hey, he's, he's got to be in the conversation. You know, Drenner playing with Lyle. I mean, Lyle can play with anybody. I think that's the point. So you have the advantage there. But, I mean, there's a ton of names out there who who can get picked up. Um, it's going to be tough for us to predict. I mean, yeah.
0: and and the good news for us is we don't have to predict because by the time that everyone's listening to this, it already happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, it's 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 always exciting when new teams come into the game. I, I think that it's good for the league, um, but I'm just not a mock draft kind of guy. You know, just um, we could
1: sit here and, and draw up mock drafts, and have our own charts and shit like that, but nobody gives a fuck. We're, we're here for not- color commentary.
0: Hey, we're not here for, you know, for our brains. We're here for our looks. And the reason why we look so good is because we're both, typically we can be found in our pro athletics apparel. Uh, so pro athletics, you know, them, you love them. We talk them up every week on this podcast, but uh, just some of the finest apparel that you can ever throw onto your naked body. Uh it, it's, it's smooth, it's comfortable, fits well. Uh, I'm, I'm a big sweater, uh, especially around the underarms. I don't know if that's a little too much information, but I I, I tend to sweat pretty profusely. Uh, and what I found is that with the pro-athletic shirts that I wear, one, the the pit stains aren't quite as noticeable. I, I, I'm i smart enough to wear like a, a darker, like a charcoal color, just so mm-hmm. it's not going to be as pronounced in general. Uh, but I feel like just the fabric doesn't absorb it either absorbs the sweat so much that it just gets rid of it, or it the the sweat just doesn't find a way to just pull on there and be soaked under my arms for you know, the foreseeable future. So, you know, that, that's something that I really love about pro athletics. I I don't know if you have the same sweating issues that, that, that seems.
1: It's like a full body thing for me. My, my, it's sweat over the full body. And you know, what I, what I've definitely found is this kind of like a, you know, the the pro athletics, kind of like the, the fabric just kind of, uh, it distributes the sweat so it doesn't feel like it, you know, your shirt's getting heavy or anything like that. And, and you know, I, I've been I've been doing a lot of deadlifts lately, and I've been looking really, really, really jacked. And just the Pro Athletics, the way it contours to your body, man, I you know, I'm turning some heads. I will tell you that. Um, and if you want to turn heads, uh, you can he- head over to ProAthletics.com, um, where these fine people are stimulating the American economy. It's all American-made. Um, by you, you, you know, you toss a shirt, toss some shorts in there, maybe get something for your dog too. There's some dog stuff there. Uh, go down to the bottom where it says apply code, uh, all lowercase crease dive. i get you 10% off your order. And let me tell you, let me tell you, that's a steal. That's absolutely a steal. So
0: the only thing I'm worried about when I order pro athletics is that the cops are going to be knocking at my door. Cause they're going to be like, Hey buddy, first off, you look too hot around here. It's It's, it's a hazard. Second off, that you just stole some product here. There's no way that you can possibly get 10% off of material this nice. Then I tell them, hey, buddy, promo code CREASEDIVE. Get yourself 10% off. We slap five, drink a couple beers, shoot off a couple rounds. Just have ourselves a a day. So yeah, pro I'll athletics bet. promo code crease dive. That is all lowercase for 10% off. And now we will be heading on over to our interview with BC women's lacks and women's ice hockey alumni. Kenzie Ken. All right. And joining us now, we've got a, dual sport weapon out of Boston College she was the 2017 ACC athlete of the year we're not talking player of the year and just lacrosse we're talking about the number one athlete of the year in the ACC she played lacrosse she played hockey we've got Kenzie Kent on the line Kenzie thanks for jumping on with us today how's it going
2: good thank you so much for having me happy to be here
0: Yeah, so uh, I got the chance to meet you for the first time this past week, we were in New Jersey for the Pink Whitney Cup little uh, outdoor hockey tournament put on by Barstool and uh, you know I I didn't know much about that event heading into it, Uh, you know, I I thought it was just going to be like a whole bunch of beer leaguers showing up and, and having like a couple casual games. Uh, you know, then I see Amanda Kessel and Megan Keller come off and I'm like, holy shit, what did I just get myself roped into? Uh, you were there as well. So a whole bunch of stud athletes from the women's game coming over. And I, I just want to know, how did it feel for you to be able to show up that day and just know that you were going to be so much more dominant than at least like half of the people that were there, like all the bloggers that were there that you were just able to show up and just annihilate all of us.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I don't know. I, it was such a fun day. I was like in heaven. I haven't played hockey in like three years, two or three years. So, um, it was definitely a little bit more intense than I thought it was going to be. So on the same page would be there. Um, but no, it was, it was one of the best days. It was awesome.
1: Did you see Jordy play? How bad is he at hockey?
2: He was good. I don't, I didn't know. I actually don't remember watching him.
0: <laughs> that that's, he had the that's
2: an, going though.
0: That's the exact right. type of player that I've been my entire career where it's like uh hey, were you out there? And, and it's like <laughs> like like I, I don't I don't do anything well to the point where I stand out, but I also try my best to not do anything like so horrific that you're like that guy like really, really sucks. So I've, been, I've yeah i've been like a like a gray guy you know so
3: yeah.
0: everyone needs those um but you were, you were not much of a of a gray girl at your time in at boston college so uh i mean a a, a pretty legendary career i would say on on both the ice and the field um now, you know, we're we're in the month of March right now and I feel like for you over those 4 or 5 years actually that you spent at Boston College, like March was probably pretty wild for you. Um, you know, going the transition from hockey to lacrosse. So, you know, what I think you played in what 3 Frozen Fours while you were? Yep. At BC. So, you know, so that that season takes you through March and then obviously the the lacrosse season kind of gets going like tail end of February into March. Um, so, you know, one, I, I want to know about, you know, how that was being able to transition from going back and forth between the two sports while you were in school. And two, now that you're, you know, you're out of school and, you know, mo- mostly just focused on lacrosse right now. Um, is it, is it a little nicer these days that March isn't like a, holy shit, everything's going hundred miles an hour right now?
2: yeah I mean this is the most free time I've ever had in my entire life um you know like we were talking about before Harvard I coach lacrosse at Harvard and we don't have a season right now we barely even have practice so I've been going away every single weekend and I mean it's been amazing but yeah back in school I mean I think March is definitely the craziest month um the most fun by far but we would be in the frozen for three out of four years, um, like end of March. And then a week later, I'd be playing against Duke or UNC in lacrosse. And so first couple of years, that was exciting. It was still like fresh and new. Um, and then I would say my junior year, I, I had to take a little bit more time off in between seasons. It was just, you know, getting a little bit much. Um so it turned into like maybe like a week off instead of like two days. Um, but it was exciting. I mean, it was just like the funnest time of my life. Didn't even have any time to like stop and complain really.
1: I, I thought you were going to say like, yeah, I took a month off, you know, so three or four weeks. It's like, no, I took, a, I took seven days to rest. Okay. I don't know what I mean. I, I, I played l- – I'm 28. I played in like a pretty high level game like a week and a half ago, and I was sore the entire week, the whole week. So, imagining that right now is is insane. Um, You know how was how was doing that for how was? I mean, I was going to ask because we've we've basically asked everybody. You know, how has COVID you know kind of affected you and your and your daily, especially with with uh, you know coaching at Harvard and things like that.
2: Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I think this is the, my life just kind of like slowed down drastically. Um, and obviously for everyone, I was very lucky and I didn't get sick. No one in my family got sick and I was home for eight months and pretty much. So I'm one of six. So my sister has a family. Too, so many. She wasn't home too, many. too many. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's five of us home for seven or eight months. And um, wow. I just, yeah, it was, it was a lot, but I definitely, um, like got way closer with my siblings and my parents even, and there were fights obviously, but I would just say my life kind of was like put on pause for a little bit and it's like refreshing. And I mean, I'm in like a really great place right now with just everything, even though I'm not doing much.
1: Are all of your siblings athletes as well?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. My older sister, well, my oldest was not. My second oldest played lacrosse at Vanderbilt. My younger brother, Parker, played lacrosse at Lehigh. Um, my younger sister is a senior on BC right now. And then my very youngest didn't play. She's like plays club at Denver. But, I mean,
1: still plays, right? That's pretty sweet. Yeah, no, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> cool yeah, I that
2: mean, was fun.
1: Yeah. you never you always kind of find that when I, I think I think I've known a couple of kids who have really big families and like you know there might be you know a, the biggest percentage of them plays you know they're and they're all they're all very very gifted or talented were, you, were your parents athletes I, I have to imagine
2: yeah my mom played um, basketball soccer and lacrosse at Colby so d3 school yep in maine and then my dad played uh football and wrestling at bowdoin which is in maine too
1: so your so. parents are just beasts
2: yeah they were beasts they definitely were they Three, both spe- three sports.
1: Too. oh okay okay that's bad so so you're following the the the, the you know did you do did, did they coach you when you were a kid we all i like i like that question too
2: you know oh, yeah my mom did she actually coaches at bc now too so she coached me for my whole life just fun but <laughs> you know how that goes.
1: Well how well, how was that because we ta- we just talked to uh Ryan Tierney, you know, he he made the choice to go play for his dad um yeah. at, at Hofstra. How was that? I'm sure that the the dynamic between father son and and mother daughter is is definitely a little bit different. Can you can you tell us what that's like?
2: Right, yeah, I mean, um, she's the co- she's like the defensive coach so in lacrosse. Okay. You guys know it's just Yep. I mean, at least in practices, I didn't really, like, we didn't really communicate that much in practice, and, Um. but, like, yeah, I was with hockey for seven months out of the year, and then I would join a team that was, like, I don't know they've been together the entire year, and so it was just always nice going into those seasons with, like, familiar face, my mom, um, but, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say, I like love being coached by her. I love having her around. Everyone loves her. Yeah. The team. Like she's literally the best. She's like a mother figure to everyone. Um, but yeah, we like butt heads of course on the field. Of course. Of
1: course. Got to. I
2: learned, I learned a lot. She's a great leader and I learned a lot from her in that sense, but.
1: Okay. Now,
2: I, I hope
1: she doesn't hear this. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, she, she's one of our top <laughs> listeners. She's in the comments all the time. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, now, do you think that she was given, like, the real, real, like, in-depth scouting report to the defenders on your team at practice? Like, every day you're going up against them, in, in, you know, in, in practice. And, obviously, the, you're, they're teammates, so they know what kind of, you know, moves you're working with. But just having her able to be in their ear being, and, you know, making it harder on you oh, in yeah. practice making you a a better player as well.
2: Oh yeah, of course. I mean, she, uh, yeah, in that sense, she pushed me so hard. Like she, I mean, she'd have a little pep talk with the the defender. I was going against pretty much every rep of every drill. So, um, yeah, she's a tough, like a very tough coach. So she was always pushing me really hard in that sense.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like going back and just like, like, I, I remember the first time that I saw you play, like I remember watching that 2017 national championship game. Um, don't want to bring, bring up It's, it's a good memory now. Like obviously tough loss, but a good memory. But I, like, yeah. I remember watching that game and seeing you play and be like, holy shit, like just like gritty, gritty, Look, like, like, you know, put your shoulder down, sweep into the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not afraid to like, get right up to the net and, you know, take some contact on. Then when I realized that you were also a hockey player, I was like, okay, like that makes like a ton of sense. Like the style, like you, like your style of offense, like I I think just translates so much from hockey. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, a couple questions on that is, you know, do you feel like that's your style of lacrosse that you played was you know, just a mixture of hockey or like, did you, you know, try to play, like, it, did you learn that style through lacrosse? Um, and then another question would just be like, what is the overlap between hockey and lacrosse on the women's side? Cause I know like on the men's side, there are pl- plenty of hockey players that also play lacrosse, like, especially when you're dealing with all the Canadians that are now th- all those right. greasy greasy Canadians coming down playing college lacrosse these days, just changing up the game. Um, but like the overlap there is like pretty big. Like, is it the same, like, are are you playing hockey with a lot of girls who also, you know, like I know, um, you know, our good, good friend of the program, uh, Kelly Babstock, also a, uh, hockey lacrosse combination. So, you know, you can talk about just the crossover there as well.
2: Yeah, no, I think for your first question, I, I mean, I've always been, like, a hockey player first. Um, We're a huge lacrosse family. So, I was, like, that was my first sport, and I got, like, pretty good at that just from, you know, being around my siblings, being around my mom, playing, like, all the time. But hockey, I was playing, like, the entire year. So, like, club is pretty much all year, high school. Um, So, I really think, like, lacrosse – Helped me in, I mean, um, hockey just like helped me elevate my lacrosse game in so many ways. Like, I mean, hockey players, you're tough, your brain is going like you have to make those quick decisions, like on the millisecond. Um, well, even and I the think assist that, that part of hockey,
0: uh, like even the assist that you had, you had in that game, well, because like you ended up with like, yeah. Like five assists and like all just like like vision assist, like just like yeah. seeing the cutter yeah. and like like that's another thing that I think hockey really brings into lacrosse.
2: Right, like just seeing the play like happen before it does. Like I think that was the biggest thing. Like hockey is so much faster than lacrosse. So you're you have the ball, you have the puck on your stick for like shouldn't it be more than two seconds before you're giving it away to someone else. So I mean I think just like. Like, in hockey, I'm more of, like, an assist, like, playmaker, and I think the same thing with lacrosse. Um, But over the years, I think I was able to develop that, like, let's go to goal and score mentality, like, through hockey and um, just what I've learned from hockey. And I think there's a huge overlap. Um, I've always said that, but the the more I've, like, thought about it and the more I've been asked, like, they are completely different sports. And, like – I mean, I, I, I gain a lot of perspective from each and a lot of different skills, but yeah, I think they're, they're pretty, pretty far different. And I don't know if people agree with me in that sense, but I mean, I, I think, like I said, lacrosse is more strategic, um, and slower and like methodical and hockey is just kind of go, 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 go. Like it's a game of mistakes and lacrosse, like you make a mistake and you think you ruin the game, which. I don't know. It's way more like yeah. obvious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can definitely see that as well. Um, you know, I think like, you know, speaking of the Canadian, like I think you, you get a, a lot closer to hockey when you're talking about the, the box version of the game. Um, right. yeah. yeah. And, and I, I know I, I've seen, uh, I forget exactly, US box lacrosse associate, like whatever their official name is but i I, i've seen that they've been trying more and more um to get box implement like in the women's side of the game so you know a bunch of like some you know for for the youth girls playing box and i think like that's something that you know because i think i i what i've noticed through the years is the women's game and the men's game are are obviously different but i think like they they've started off so far apart it's starting to get a whole lot closer in terms of like the way that the game's played. Um, mm-hmm. Still, you know, they, they both have their, their own aspects, but I think, you know, the, the more that we start to see like box implement. And I, I say this for the men's side of the game too. It's like, I, I want everyone to play box. Cause I think it's, it's more exciting yep. for me to watch as a offensive guy. I know that, you know, Jake being a D guy, maybe not quite as much. Um, I. It, Listen, I love to
1: score goals just as much as you do. All right. It just takes, I'm sending them two feet over the cage a couple of times. So why don't you just relax? Okay. just relax. It's a lot, it's a lot tougher. I shoot from 16 yards. Like what do you, you're like right on the crease. Like it's, it's fucked up.
0: Yeah. And plus my range is like five, my my range is five and in. Um, But where where I was going with at, at that is like, you know, you, I, watching the way that you play the game and kind of having that hockey element in your game, I think, you know, with more women starting to play box a little bit, like we'll start to get even more of that. Um, And then, you know, between like all, all the talent that's already there in the women's game, like I'm watching Charlotte North highlights seemingly like every day popping up on Twitter. Um, So I, I think like all, all that aspect of hockey that's also there in box. I think once that starts really making its way to the women's game, like it's going to be insane.
2: Oh, I completely agree with that. I mean, some of like the best players in the past like few years. I mean, do you know Selena Lasota? She was a Canadian. Um, she played for Northwestern and she's like a big box lacrosse player. And she's, I mean, I love when girls play like, like guys on the women's side. I think it's just like so exciting to watch. And I mean, that's like Charlotte North too. I think in box too, you can get a little bit more creative. There's fewer people. Um, yeah, it's just like back and forth much quicker.
0: Yeah. And, and that kind of, a little bit like, uh, so new league starting up this summer. So I, I like read up on the rules a little bit of what's going on, but you'll be playing, uh, athletes unlimited. Um, so Mm -hmm. a a new women's pro league this summer and from what it looks like, it'll be a little bit more like that where it's like 60 second shot clock, like up and down, um, Yep. You know, so are you, one, can you talk to us a little bit more about the the league starting up this summer? Uh, and, and two, like, I, I feel like that fits your style. Like that's right up your alley. Yeah.
2: yeah so athletes unlimited. limited. It's this, it's like a player. I don't really know how much you know about it, but it's a player run league. Um, so there aren't any coaches. There's like a players committee made up of like, I don't know, five girls, I think right now. Um, And we kind of like make decisions on our own about the rules and like we're obviously want to keep it uh, very similar to like what it is now, but we like you said um, quicker shot clock fewer people on the field, Uh, we just want it to like move quicker, basically. Um, But so basically how it's going to start is there'll be four captains they pick a team every single week, so we're on the same team for a week. Um, and after like three, I think you play like three or four games in a week. And then at the end of that, there's like a point system. And so the people, four players with the most points, then they pick the new four teams and then it's that for five weeks. Um, and at the end of it, like that's basically how you get paid is like how many points you have, like all, your, how many wins you have all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think they're really trying to make it. So you're really promoting yourself. So each individual is kind of making a name for themselves. Um, and so that fans really interact with the individual player, not so much like a team, cause that didn't really work the past. However many years professional lacrosse has been, um, around. So I think they're just trying to go with a new route and I mean, hopefully it takes off there's volleyball too um, in softball and they've been very, very, uh, successful so far.
1: I mean, let me tell you something. Only women could do this. If you tried to get guys to do this, we'd be, we'd be, it'd be a fucking nightmare. Cause we like picking teams and running our own league. No, it's It's fucking awful. You guys are way more organized and kudos to you. Um, and you're also playing on a shorter field too, right?
2: Yeah. Shorter field.
1: Uh, how do you feel about playing on a shorter field? Because again like you know the 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 difference between like you know if like the normal size field and the pll the pll has absolutely just like it makes the game just so much shorter especially you know 60 second shot clock too how do you feel about playing on a shorter field
2: um i really like it i i think transition is like the most fun part about the game and i think definitely we've tried out these rules um like last year a couple times and it was just like, it was literally like a hockey game. Like, you're, you're changing on the fly. Um, everything is pretty much, yeah, like, transition. And if it's not, it's slow break. And there's a shot within, like, 10, 12 seconds. So, I'm really excited about it. I think it'll definitely suit to the way I play.
1: Did uh, you guys go through, like, a big development phase? Was there, like, a, a lot of you, like, you know, a, a, a bunch of you trying it out? over the, you know, a group trying it out over the past year, two years, three years.
2: Yeah. So, um, last year in the last November is the first time we tried it out. Um, cause there's like new Olympic rules. Mm. We're trying to get lacrosse into the Olympics. Um, yeah. and that just like that movement really started last year. And so we just, all those rules are being, um, uh, like transferred over to athletes unlimited. And yeah, we tried it out. It was like the All-Stars from the WPL against the US like training team. Um and it was exciting. Like there was like a million goals.
1: Which love that.
2: Yeah. he's got
1: he's to <laughs> love that.
0: Yeah. Now, now is is there a chance that the decision to, you know, have multiple like team drafts throughout the year were. Was that influenced at all by you trying to get the band back together and giving yourself a little bit more opportunities to get on the same team as Sam, Apuzo, and, and Dempsey again? Because that's <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, that's, that's the word on the street, is that the BC girls are trying to get themselves back together and just rack up points like they did for four years.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I hope I'm on the same team as um Sam and Dempsey. I mean, they're two of the best players in the world. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's so much fun playing with them.
0: Yeah, I mean it, and seeing you know again like three straight trips to the national champion. I know that you redshirted for one of them, but uh, you know three straight like that is just an absolute wagon of a program. So being able to get the three of you back together, yeah, whoever's who whoever the four captains are for this <laughs> league, like I I would imagine it wouldn't take much of a of a, of a scouting to, to realize, to put you three together, but something that needs to happen. Um, I agree. Actually, you know, speaking of three straight trips to the national championship, like I want to know, so you, you go to BC as, so you're whenever you ended up committing junior, senior, whatever. And I, I would imagine like, a major reason to go there is because you could play both hockey and lacrosse, but you're going to a school that already has like a pretty historic hockey program. Mm-hmm. But when you got like the BC women's lacrosse program was, they, they were like fine, but like your, the years that you had there, like absolute powerhouse. Um, you know, now you have, you know, your sisters there who who's helping, you know, kind of continue that a little mm-hmm. bit uh, as well as again, Charlotte North who we mentioned before, weapon um so like how does it feel like looking back now on you know because the bc women's hockey program was always going to like yeah. you you played a big role there and like a lot of trips to the final fours but like like that was a program that was always going to be like yeah like they're like elite um but right. being able to like look back and be like okay like i left the BC women's lacrosse program. And now like they're in that elite category where it's season starts in February and people are like, yeah, like there's a pretty good chance that we'll see them playing that last weekend in, in May.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, go, throughout my whole recruiting process, I I mean, I wasn't really looking at any hockey schools. Um, and I was looking at like the top lacrosse programs, like UNC, Maryland, all those schools. And for some reason, I just like wanted to do something like different. And I wanted to like actually make an impact. So like I went to UNC, we won a national championship, whatever. It's just like, I'm just one of those players like on those teams. And so I really wanted to like change a pro- help change a program. Um, so that was like always kind of my goal. Uh, once the recruiting process really got going, um, and I want to do something that like no one has really done before, obviously wanted to win a national championship didn't happen, but, um, yeah, like when I got there, we were like, I think barely 500 and by my junior year we were in the national championship. So I think, I mean, it, it was, there were so many people involved, but it was really, um, I mean, it's just, it's so special to look back on, um, i mean acacia i remember talking to her and her first thing was like let's do something no one has ever done before let's win a national championship uh bc women's sports has like never won a national championship before so that was like our my biggest thing like talking to her and um and then she's created that culture that winning culture and yeah looking back i i have a lot i feeling nostalgic but Um, all good feelings.
1: I'm sure it is nostalgic, you know, kind of looking back and seeing your, your own impact you made on a, on a program. That's a, that's an interesting recruiting choice. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, at least for kids that, that I have, I have coached or I've seen go off to college. They are very attracted to the big names, right? They're attracted to the Maryland's and the UNC's and the things like that. And, you know, us being older we kind of understand like you you know you will be there are there there's there are cases where you know you can go to a big school like that and you can make an impact like nikki and nate solomon you know they're they're from georgia they made an immediate impact at both those places but i know a bunch of kids who went and played that play, played at maryland sat on the bench for two years you mm-hmm. know because they they just wanted to have all of the Maryland gear, I guess. And then they yeah. go transfer and they play D3 somewhere else, you know, there's, but they probably could have had an opportunity to really make an impact at, you know, a school that was, as you said, you know, around 500, you know, right. so um, that's, a, that's an interesting choice. Um, I, I probably one of the more respectable choices. again, women's brains, they develop so much faster than men's brains. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, I think that that probably adds up to do with it, um, and good and, <laughs> kud, and kudos to you. Um, I did have one thing, uh, James Leary said sup in a oh, very yeah, casual he... way. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leary. Leary is a wild yes, uh, he is the director of the club program that I coach. Uh, oh, so cool. I hang out with James, yeah, I hang out with James way too much. So I play um, the...
2: hockey
1: with his sister. Yeah, he said his sister played at BC. so uh, he's a stud athlete he should um, he's got a disgusting mustache it's, uh,
2: it's yeah. vile he has
1: that. <laughs> he, no he's still got it it's, and he's good he's like growing out like a mullet too it's weird it's weird oh God. anyway <laughs>
0: uh, sorry we, we also we also <laughs> had uh Joe Keegs uh, pop he he had a question he wanted to know what your go-to order at uh, el pilone el Pilon. I, I don't know el Pilon. Yeah, so he he, he wanted that? to know. It, I would imagine that it's a Mexican restaurant on the BC campus. Yeah. Uh, so so he, he he wanted to know what the go-to order there is.
2: I to, this is a boring answer. I I don't really. I didn't really go there ever. Unfortunately. Oh
0: my god! And I know. just like that, jo, Joe Keeg says unsubscribed from the podcast. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, I know. I'm not. I'm not gonna like try to make something up right now. I could.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can make something up. Absolutely. Let us go. Go to pregame meal.
2: Go to pregame meal. Um, like probably just like sa- a sandwich, like a turkey sandwich, honey mustard, cucumbers, onions.
0: Cucumbers. Same. Yeah. Same. Same for hockey and lacrosse.
2: Uh, lacrosse, no, it's weird actually. Hockey, we would it's either like breakfast food or like we had a night game, we like pasta, Ooh. like in the middle right of the day. I don't know, but yeah, pasta. It, we we always have like the same pregame meal for hockey, and then lacrosse is
0: always different. Okay, interesting. um Yeah. An- another question just uh, popped into that. All right, so let's say the NCAA and and, and we know how um, how
1: we feel about the NCAA.
0: Yeah. And, and how sketchy they can be with some paperwork every once in a while, but let's say the NCAA comes around and they say, Oh my God, Kenzie, crazy story, but you actually have one day left of eligibility. You have the chance to go back and play one more game.
2: <laughs> oh no.
0: Are are you, are you lacing up the skates or are you putting the lacrosse stick in your hands?
2: Cute. That's a tough question.
0: And listen, here's the thing though. So I, I'm, I'm not, cause I, I don't want to put you on the spotlight. Like, oh, what, what one's your favorite? Like, what? Oh yeah. No, yeah. But, but it's so, but it, in terms of you slot into the lineup and what team you think that you can help out more right now, we'll, we'll go with that.
2: I'm going to go with hockey one because it's been, so long i've been missing it for like three years now but and they're they're playing in a quarterfinal game on saturday so i think that would be fun um yeah no i'd have to go with hockey all
0: right well we'll have to see if we have anyone. i don't want to make anyone
2: mad but we're
0: not making
1: anybody uh, anybody what? mad
0: No we'll have to see if we have someone in the NCAA office listening right now and maybe yeah. they can hit you with that one day waiver. And so just, yeah, let me know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I saw the way that you were moving on the ice on Monday. So I think, you know, maybe sharpen up the skates a little bit and get out there on Saturday and yeah. uh, you know, we could probably slot you in for a goal and two assists. Uh, let's go. <laughs> uh, Jake, you got anything else? No, um, uh, that, she's been great. Yeah. Um so yeah m- make sure you guys are watching out BC Women's Hockey in the quarterfinals on Saturday. Uh BC Women's Lacrosse game this weekend perhaps. E- either way, if you don't okay, see the yeah. game like you're yeah, so you are no matter what, you're going to see Charlotte North on Twitter and Instagram just insane highlights. So be yeah. on the lookout for that and uh yeah, I mean just stay on the lookout for Athletes Unlimited. So that, I mean, summer. that's, yeah, that's, it's a super, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not great with vocabulary, so I don't know exactly what, <laughs> what I'm looking for here, but innovative, innovative, unique, that's, yeah. that's the innovative, one innovative an innovative and unique league starting up this summer. Um, and, and I think a lot of what you'll see in that league will probably end up being very similar to what we end up seeing when lacrosse is, eventually in the Olympics. So uh, yeah, definitely everyone keep an eye out for that. Uh, Kenzie, thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, glad glad I didn't have to play against you on Monday in that <laughs> tournament because that, that would not have fared well for me.
2: <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: All right. Thanks again to Kenzie for hopping on with us. Uh, like we mentioned, definitely check out uh, if, if you can find a way to find the broadcast BC women's taking on uh, Virginia. That'll be Saturday at noon, a couple ACC powerhouses there. And in the men's side of the game, we have got quite the weekend ahead of us. Uh, So again, you know, we're, we're recording this on Thursday morning. So, you know uh, we've got UNC Virginia, which will be Thursday night. So, you know, that game has already happened by the time that you're listening to this, but um Again, like we, we I, as I mentioned in a couple of times throughout the uh, episode so far, like there's, there are the top teams that are in kind of a league of their own this year, like this year more than ever, like parody has been picking up in the game, but this year more than ever, we are seeing those ACC plus Maryland and also Rutgers right now too, um, really making a nice little separation between themselves and the rest of the country. So this UNC Virginia game going to be pretty, pretty incredible to watch. Do you have a a prediction off the bat, Uh, off the top of your head? I I think, I think the Chris Gray tour rolls on, but could definitely be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time I've been wrong.
1: Yeah. I think the Chris Gray tour rolls on. I think they just, they look so solid. I mean, I'm just trying to think. I mean, yeah, I I, I say Chris Chris Gray Tour rolls. Um, I mean, they would be rolling. They be I mean, they would be seven zero after eight zero. I mean, the, I think their next big test is going to be Duke. I think that they they weaseled their way past Virginia. I, I mean, it's not like Virginia stinks. Are we talking yeah. Virginia right now?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, we're yeah yeah. Oh, you
1: you had a look on your face. Sorry, everyone. He's like just like Jordy like stared at me like I was had three heads. I don't think they necessarily like roll past Virginia. I think it's a tough one because you've got to deal with Schellenberger, Cormier, and Bertrand. But I don't know if Virginia's defense is as solid as UNC's defense. So I take North Carolina in like a 15 13 type deal. I think it'll be a high scoring, a high, you know, a, a, a shootout. But I, I would say Carolina over Virginia. Um, yeah. And then we roll into some other Big Ten play, right? You got Hopkins and Penn State. We've already kind of talked about Hopkins and Penn State. So it's, it's a morale booster for Penn State wins. It's a morale booster if Hopkins wins. It's more important probably for Penn State to win in, in long-term. Um, I mean, obviously I also said I'm definitely watching Vermont and Albany this weekend. That'll be on an iPad or something that I could just glance at. Um, and then kind of rounding out the weekend, with Maryland Rutgers I don't really know how I feel about this one I I mean Maryland's just such a well put together team um you would think that they probably take Rutgers to the woodshed um but actually I think this is going to be a really great test for Rutgers is a really good measuring stick to see how 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 far ahead Maryland is in the Big Ten if that makes sense Right, like if they like if, if Rutgers can hang, then Maryland and Rutgers aren't too far apart. But if Maryland just blows them out, then it's Maryland versus everyone else.
0: Yeah, I, I have a feeling that we're that we're going to see that really tight game. Um, I, I would definitely give Maryland the edge there. I I think that that's you know not saying much. Like I think that Maryland is uh, just as as much of a wagon. Uh, this year than than anybody but I think you know Rutgers they're finally at the where like I you know it's it's only three games but you know the way that they've won those three games with you know back-to-back 22 to 12 wins over you know the win over Michigan isn't like quite as impressive as that was against Ohio State but you know they're taking care of the teams that they should take care of and they're also beating down teams that we thought maybe heading into the season that they would be a little closer to. Um, so I, I think that we'll, we'll see a nice tight game between Maryland and Rutgers. I would put Maryland with the win there, um, you know, pretty similar to that same pretty, pretty much like the same exact thing that you said with UNC Virginia is what I would put with Maryland over Rutgers. Um, another game that, that might be like a little overlooked on this weekend slate of games Um Denver Georgetown, I, I think, will be a real, a, a real good test uh, for. I would honestly call this more of a test for for Denver. I, I think that Denver is a team that uh, you know, if, if they can get themselves going in Big East play, then you know, there's still there's still the talk out there that TD will eventually be going to Denver. I I, I haven't heard much as far as details go about that. Um, but if, you know, if Denver is able to kind of get themselves going in the big East a little bit here, you know, they, they obviously had those tough back-to-back drops to Duke and, and North Carolina and, you know, the one in North Carolina was a beat down. Um, but I don't know. I, I think Georgetown's, you know, I, I think that they're getting the love that they, uh, that they deserve, the credit that they deserve. Um, but this will be like the first, you know, t- like taught to your team that they'll be playing against this week. So that that's another game where I think that we'll I think that we'll start to see uh, some some real tight games this weekend, as opposed to some of the beatdowns that we've been seeing over the past few days.
1: I agree, and uh, all of those all of these games are uh, made even more fun. Um, so Acello and and the post game guys they they got with this kid who's. Uh, done this, this thing, um, it's called flow fantasy, um, uh, flow Uh, you can log in and make your own like, uh, fantasy, like a cross matchup. So like you get $50,000. Not like you literally get it, but like you get virtually fifty fifty thousand dollars. I, th- I think to Nick like...
0: Acello Venmos you fifty thousand dollars. You have That's to right. request them for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, so you go know.
1: go to Nick Asello's Venmo and uh, request fifty thousand dollars from him first, and then go to the website. Um, make your daily league. Like so, for example, I you know I can pick Connor Schellenberger, Jake Caraway, and Brennan O'Neill. That's who I've got in my attack lineup. So you pick you know your ten guys, um, or excuse me, your your three attack, three middies face-off guy defense and a goalie and there's a point system and you kind of just do it for we're kind of just doing it for bragging rights it's a cool thing um i figured i'd shout it out because you know maybe you and your friends can you know fuck around and and play the game and you know get this kid's you know kind of idea off the ground uh but anyway uh should be a should be a fun weekend all across I, I, i'm pumped
0: yeah. Um, so what, what, so you said that's flow fantasy, flow Yes. And yeah. I think it's the, it's
1: flow fantasy Inc on Twitter. You can, they're okay. they're pretty responsive if you need to follow them and tweet at them or whatever.
0: Yeah, because, you know, we, we're always getting flooded with people asking, like, hey, like, do you guys know any books that take lacrosse bets? And, you know, I I don't know any that are at least legal operations. Um, so I know, like, people are looking for different ways to kind of get, you know, a little, little more skin in the game when they're watching these games. Uh, so, you know, fantasy, obviously, uh, there's a, a huge market for that. So, Jake, you've been, uh, you've been in charge of putting together our lineups for the past couple of weeks here. That is a, a lethal attack unit that you came up with so uh it is we're definitely gonna have to give you a a big raise of uh zero dollars a couple couple cliff bars we'll uh okay i'll take it uh, yeah unreal lineup but yeah should be i I don't know i i'm expecting and really hoping for a a lot of you know these are some big conference matchups you know the Top two teams in the Big Ten, Rutgers, Maryland. Top two teams in the Big East, Georgetown, Denver. Um, Two of the better teams in the ACC with Virginia, UNC, getting that game out of the way on Thursday night. Um, But, yeah, like, big, big slate of games this weekend. Should be a ton of fun. And, as always, we will be keeping it low to high to the day we die. Yeah. Well me
3: and my friend, we will all be together again. Get my hand. In a valley was stay when I live in the care. In a wild smile, but on another mile.